Welcome to Southpaws, episode 522, first round draft horse, featuring the first round draft horse, Runa. Yes, hello, I am Runa. We have a guest, she's right here next to me, we're sharing a mic because tech difficulties. <laughs> she says words. Words are hard. <laughs> so yes, we're here, Shiva's here, hi Shiva. Hello. Buzz is here, he's on the, he's oh, got the red mic. Yes. He's on the dog cock red. Yep. Yep. All right, we're, we're royalty over here. We got purple. Yes. Yeah. It's my color. So yeah, we, we got together again because Runa had said that she wanted to be on an episode with us. And of course, we were like, of course. And then we had an hour of technical difficulties from old hardware. Uh, we're going to fix that next time. But for now, we're just sharing a microphone because we're professionals. Yeah. Podcast billionaires, as the episode that went up at Patreon today told everybody. <laughs> oh, dear. We recorded it for Planet Towers, and, you know, some of the underlings were getting a bit too excited with the, the drink, the the whatever that was provided from the vodka Keurig. <laughs> vodka. <laughs> vodka Keurig. Yeah, you know, it's like you, you put you put the little K-cup in, and instead of water, it pours vodka through it, it makes a mixed drink. Oh, That would be kind of cool to have, though. They don't vod- really work? Oh, okay. I want my vodka mocha. Uh, they they have uh those literally you, know, you you put in bottles of booze and then it has little flavor uh, capsules that it runs the booze through i think I've they're all those. terrible they're all terrible oh, i'm sure yeah. <laughs> i just want like the the mixing robot where you just hook up like you know five six different spirits and you know the ones that i saw taken apart had a problem in that they didn't have enough gates for the alcohol, so it would sit in the the tubes in the back inside. Mm-hmm. So anytime you it switched between booze, you'd get oh no a bunch of the previous booze, whatever it was feeding. It made all the <laughs> drinks terrible, and then it had like unfiltered water in one of them, so it was festering bacteria. <laughs> So you got like a one of those, you know, the mystery flavor pops, mm-hmm. but except it was booze. And it was booze, not not good. Oh dear. See, when I was a kid, I thought the mystery flavor was cool because, ooh, what what is it? What does it mean? It's literally just this is the in between when we swap flavor flavors out on the <laughs> lollipop machine. I, I was a sucker. It's how they sell us their waste. Yes, I mean it tastes fine though. So I guess I should introduce myself a bit more since I'm the guest. Yeah. I'm yes, Marina yes. Fjord. Uh, I used to be Sable Griffin. I'm a trans girl. Uh, I used to be the chair of Furry Fiesta for f- the last five years. I recently stepped down and became the Dowager chair because my authority is now based out of inertia. i am been a podcaster in the past. Used to play X-Wing. I'm a big geek. Yeah. Just... I didn't know you didn't play X-Wing anymore. I hadn't heard you mention it in I, a while. Though. I stopped playing in 2019 when I burned out, and then as I started to get back interested, COVID happened, and I wasn't playing a miniatures game with people, and I just yeah. have been out right. so long. Yeah. But... That would do it. It's like, why haven't I played any D&D in a long time? Well, yeah. maybe after you get settled again, that'll become yeah. an option. <laughs> yeah. Gotta be being around people. Yeah. I like stability, and am I going to be moving next yeah. week six months you know it's hard to get into like a tournament like cycle if you don't know if you're going to be here to finish the tournament <laughs> got a fleet of the moon speaking of i am in the process of moving to seattle joining the great transfer migration <laughs> yeah 
what type of furry are you? Spin the wheel, and it's either Seattle or Denver. Right. Those are your two choices. Anywhere yeah. else is, just doesn't count. Pittsburgh? Nah. Spin again. <laughs> Chicago? Like, I... Memphis? Absolutely not. We talked about this at home, and I'm... And somebody suggested New Hampshire. Oh, Ajax suggested, like, New Hampshire. No, I was like, Vermont. You hate the cold. Why would you suggest New Hampshire? NBC, no, no, no. <laughs> New Hampshire is very conservative in many ways. It's expensive to live in. Right. If you're going to go up there, you want to go to Vermont. Yeah. But Much I was more like, liberal. I don't really want to live on the East Coast. I, I don't know why, but it's like, so I lived in Connecticut for like three years. And I lived in Florida for, I don't know, like 13, 15, something like that. And I'm just like, I don't know why. I just don't want to live on the East Coast. Because it's like, I know like Virginia is incredibly homophobic law. Lots of laws in place there. And like, I have friends and colleagues that live in the Carolinas. And like, sure, if you want to like. Rally-Durham Triangle, yeah, but then you have, you know, Alabama around you. Or if you want to buy, like, 30 acres in the middle of nowhere and have your own thing and you don't care about not being able to get delivery and the nearest store being an hour away, then, but I'm not that kind of person. I've come to realize I'm I'm just very much a city boy. Yeah, I grew up in Idaho. I'm used to just vast expanses of nothing with terrible people. Right. Idaho. I mean, New Hampshire is not exactly the most populous state either. Um, But there's only one color of person. (laughs) And it's rather conservative. It's not as bad as the South, but as far as like Northeastern, it's one of the more conservative states. It's Mm. not as bad as like Alabama, but no. If I was going to move back, I mean, New Hampshire, I mean, it's cold. There's not a lot there. Vermont's a little nicer. There's tree and maple syrup. Mm-hmm. So there's that. I mean, and then there's like Minnesota, but you'd be dealing with the cold. Like but, I've seen pictures of the uh, Soap Wolf's um, mailbox during like early winter, and it's like the snow comes up to the mailbox, and it's just like I don't know if I can deal with that. I don't, honestly don't know with my health issues and like the poor circulation I have in my legs if I can actually deal with cold the way mm-hmm. I used to. I got a hard enough time in Texas when it gets cooler. You ever think about the fact that to uh, maple trees, we're just like tree vampires? <laughs> yep. We treat them like blood bags in vampire games. And like Ajax is from Michigan and never wants to go back there, which is basically what everyone I've ever met from Michigan has said. So. It's like that in Ohio, you know, you never met people that they're like, oh, oh I live in Ohio. No, I'm from Ohio. Everybody gets out as soon as they can. Yeah, but you part. have to go to Ohio to meet people who I live in Ohio. It's rare that they leave and that you can talk to them. You have to go there and live there. I mean, there's a reason the hell is real sign is in Ohio. Because <laughs> I want you to know you're in hell right there. Yeah. Because it's... it's just corn. So like like John Scalzi tweeted recently because he lives in Ohio. Yeah. And uh, they put his mother-in-law's house up for sale because they got her a new one. And it was something like 2,000 square feet, three bed, two bath, like $161,000. And it's just like, oh, pros, you know, you can get a house for under 200 grand. Cons, it's in Ohio. Yep. <laughs> you get what you pay for. Right, yeah. And that includes the state you live in. 
I mean, no shade to anyone living in Ohio. Some shade. Some shade. <laughs> I, have, I have some friends that, are, that live in Ohio, and they, they did the thing where they got like a shitload of acreage, like yeah. in the middle of nowhere, and we're going to build a a uh, production facility and everything, like like real big furry business thing. And now they're like, we might sell this and move to middle of nowhere, Colorado, because, you know, yeah. there's no abortion in Ohio, and, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Kansas, didn't they just, like... Uh, do a protection bill? Uh, Kansas actually yeah. voted down an amendment that would have taken out the constitutional protection for abortion in the state. Like, they had intentionally worded it really badly yeah. to make it so that people would not be able to read it and choose incorrectly to strip it out from the Constitution. But the education and outreach worked out pretty well. Yeah. Even though there was some dirty tricks bullshit last second where people yeah. were trying to like obfuscate it and muddy the waters. Mm-hmm. And it was like two Which was thirds. really hard to do. Yeah, it was like it's like two third, one third split. It was not even close. Yeah, there was no oh the the two thousand mules have made it so that abortion. No, it's just totally it's an incredibly unpopular change that these places have done. <sighs> and uh like I honestly hope this just kills the Republicans in the midterms because people are just really I mean, nice energized to... <laughs> to get out there and actually. It's only metaphorically killing. No, you know? yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, one could hope because it's fucking bullshit. We're here in Texas, and like Runa's smart; she's getting out of here. Well, I I have to. Like, yeah. I'm a trans woman in Texas, and there there's rumblings about a. A ban on drag queens and the presence of minors going into to, or being written into law. And if that happens, you know, that's targeting trans women. Trans women become illegal in public. I, I have to get out. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's some real bullshit. Um, Aren't they also talking about just making any gender conforming treatment like hormones and yeah. everything illegal too? I mean, they're yep. doing it in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, they're going against all very well-established, like, 60-year-old science because Jesus says. They've they've started to get, um, like, their own medical journals created in order to publish their own studies that are are deliberately designed to give them the results they wanted so that they can say that it's being upheld by... upholding right. medical or there's a debate like this is something that's been actively going on for this a while is exactly what purdue pharma did to get um oxycontin exactly um, all over the place yep they created their own medical journals and yeah i've heard that um watch the hulu show dope sick it's actually really it's a it's a dramatization of the situation but it's it's very enlightening and I had also previously listened to a podcast. It was either Behind the Bastards or The Dollop that covered this and actually had like all their sources listed and shit. And a lot of what they cover in Dope Sick, it 100% happened. You've got to realize that there's an extensive war on fact going on and it is being waged on more fronts than you realize. You, you know the little um, pain meter thing that we've all become mm-hmm. accustomed to seeing yeah. in the doctor's offices? That was created by Purdue Pharma to sell more oxy. Um, the, really? Yep. I've just shocked everyone in the science. Yeah, that's <laughs> just one of those little shit, because, like, I've it's seen It's so that. commonplace now. Well, I mean, yeah, it's in, like, every fucking hospital room. My yeah, dad's and rating your pain on the 0 to 10 pain scale, that was invented by then. And then you've got the war on education. The, the whole yep. reason that the Republicans like the school shootings is they want to get rid of public school. 
Yeah. The that's the whole that's the end goal of doing nothing about school shootings. They want everybody to have vouchers to go to private schools where they can learn about algebras. Yep. The gays are bad. Yeah. Never mind, you know, math. And then the vouchers start getting rolled back for people they don't like, so they can't go to school at all. There's a some real dark paths ahead if we can't get people involved to push it back. And like the feds are actually trying to do something here in the last fucking moment because of course they are. Like, yeah, we got these bills that are going forward towards the Senate. Like, they passed some climate... They're calling it a climate bill, but it also does a lot for fucking fossil fuels. Oh, yeah. Oh. It passed today, and it's like, oh, cool, you got a thing through, but, like, you have obstructionists fucking with it, too. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, I've had to really pull back from the horror, because, like, I've got my There's own There's so much on. of it. But for you, like, it's very very personal it's it's literally I, I, it's existential we're, yeah we're, we're facing a, a genocide in this state yeah. and probably this country against particularly trans people it's happening yeah the the fear mongering around like monkeypox and shit is a gay disease and then kids are gonna catch it and they're gonna be like oh the pedophiles are in the schools and no kids kids touch everything and i hate yes. seeing like some of the young gays, the tender queers that, like, didn't grow up in, like, the tail end of, like, I didn't grow up in the AIDS crisis, per se, because I was, like, 10 in the mid-80s, but, you know, I knew older people, and, like, in my early 20s, there was, it was still very much a fear when I came out, and, like, you know, get tested, and make sure you're always safe, and stuff like that, and I don't think that that fear has not been drilled into the heads of the younger generations. Well, then you also have, uh, there's some fucker here in Texas trying to fight prep, trying to make it illegal. Right, yeah. Because, you know, they're like, you know, what if gays could avoid AIDS? We don't like that. Yeah. It's, look, if you're a Republican, you're ontologically evil. Yeah. There's really no way around it at this point. If you align yourself with that party, you're my enemy. And yeah, I'll just fucking say it. <laughs> so for many years, Sarah's folks are Republican, right? And for many years, he had a really big disconnect with them over politics because he's, you know, young, queer, very, you know, left leaning. And they were very much, we're Republicans, blah, 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 blah. Like last couple of years since like Trump made his cycle through, they've started going, holy crap, they've gone and fucking sane. Are we the baddies? I mean, we're talking dyed-in-the-wool Republicans, you know, core constituency. And even they are going like, holy shit. There's skulls on those, those, those Proud Boys have skulls on their masks. Are, are we the baddies? <laughs> I yeah. think maybe people like that, like, they're Republicans because they want to pay 10% taxes at a 15% or something. But then when it turns to just, like really wild out there shit that's breaking the government and everything the the worst thing is though that the republicans are really bad at the economy like it tanks every time they're in charge yep and then they blame the democrats because the democrat has to clean up after all correct Mm -hmm. and then we get all stable and they come back into power and you know and then all tanks again and everything is shit, and they point their fingers at the fucking Democrats and say, look, they're doing a crap job. Well, you handed them a shit sandwich. It's going to taste like bad until, you know, you get into the new one. Yeah. And the thing is, this whole dumbing down of America, what is it, cutting off your nose to spite your face? Yeah. Yeah. Because we are doing this, dumbing up down America, 
loses our edge because we, you know, our scientific discoveries and everything else like that. If we're going to keep ahead and like keep producing new things, if you make everybody dumber and you don't educate that, that's basically cutting our throat of all the new scientists, all the new doctors, it's all that. It's basically, it's neutering the next generation and then yeah. we're going to find ourselves slipping down the it's, the ladder as we get dumber because not that we're already that high up the list at this point. Anyway. I know, but we're we're not yeah. making it any better. Yeah, yeah. The it's even more fundamental than that because it's all about short term thinking over long term sacrifice. They sacrifice the future for the short term. That like you the see eco- that like the climate, climate, yeah. um, ec- uh, economy. Like these big companies don't invest long term. They're only looking at the next three months on their um, balance sheet. The balance sheet. They the investors. Make, they make uh, every every update for Twitter or any other app you use makes it worse because that's better for short term over long term. You can see that with VR chat. VR like they're, chat. They're trying to get bought by somebody with a lot of money for a couple billion bucks. Yeah. And and it's all it's all <coughs> short term next three month thinking. Uh, we're gonna cut schools because that helps us short term. We're gonna uh, and it's just it's destructive. <coughs> it's evil. It's 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 bad. And yeah. Even I, on like less <coughs> life threatening important issues, you look at like the new CEO of the combined Warner Brothers Discovery taking hbo max which has 70 million subscribers and just making it a tab in discovery plus which has 20 million subscribers right because he's from discovery's company and he's the new ceo because they bought them Yep. and so he's just thinking discover and they, he also made like a whole bunch of very gender statements about well women don't like fandoms or animation and you know, and men like this type of show, and women like reality shows. Men like scripted shows, and it's sort of like that. That doesn't correspond to my experience right. at all. You know, yeah, it's like hello, women who like sci-fi and animation, right? <laughs> you yeah. know, right here, Shiva, you don't do fandoms. What are you talking about? And that's and I mean, are you a genre I, dom? I would say the furry fandom has greatly picked up the percentage. Yes, of, of women. women, absolutely. It, it used yes. to be that there. Well, uh, some of them got made. <laughs> Uh, you know, you know, didn't come we from the make our own women. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but even from even accounting for trans, you know, part of it converting to you know the other side, um, just like actual. There's more cis women. Yeah, than there's there a lot more cis women. There's also more racial diversity too. Yes. Yeah. yeah, like I saw black people around the fandom at cons back in the nineties, but. There's definitely a lot more diversity now, which I think is a good thing. I, I do, should, too. I should um, say. Well, and there's a, a long way to go uh, in terms of racial diversity for the fandom, but I love that it's trending more diverse, and I want more voices. I don't want to see more. Yeah. It's um, like marketing likes very nice, neat boxes to drop people in, because then they can create content for those nice, neat boxes. People who don't fall into those boxes, either A, don't count, or B, they don't know what to do with us, because we don't fall into... You know, any nice, neat box. Yeah. And so I think they fight against that because, well, they want the nice, neat. And how dare you fuck up our metrics? There's yeah. This came up in on publishing Twitter, on book Twitter recently, that um, like some of the big five publishers are like, we don't know how to market to women. 
and it's but the majority of readers are women like right. they're the biggest cohort basically in uh in readers and it's like and and what they read is incredibly diverse yeah like, they're like oh women just like to read romance novels and it's like well sure but they also like to read like a shitload of other stuff have you looked at like the hugo winners have been in the last five years there's so many women reading and writing science fiction now and but women don't like fandom yeah women mm-hmm. don't like fandom apparently that's a man thing but my point about the whole HBO Max Discovery thing is that, like, man, you can really fail up. You know, imagine getting to the level of CEO of a combined company that big and just being a complete dunderhead about the decisions that you're making. Like, like when they shelved um, Scoob 2 and the Batgirl movie, like, it wasn't just a few of us geeks that were like, that seems really dumb. Literally all Hollywood was like, what What the fuck are you doing? So, well, you spent $90 million and the movie is basically done. So when you're talking chief executive officer, when you're talking the, the CEOs of big companies, you've got to realize that in order to get into that sphere and have a chance for that job, you have to buy into the fundamental myths of capitalism. You have to believe that... Infinite growth is both possible and good. Mm. And that very concept, which is taught in our schools, is fundamentally wrong. And But if you do not subscribe to that idea, you do not enter those halls. Mm-hmm. Uh, by definition, the people that are becoming CEOs are idiots. And sociopaths. But like, and sociopaths. One of the big things that happened recently, and this is prior to HBO... And prior to Netflix shitting the bed in terms of animation and stuff, there was a new new CEO of Disney Animation came in, can, canned a bunch of animation, animated projects, including Owl House. Mm-hmm. And then they are like, check out our Pride content last month. And they were like, Gravity Falls and Owl House amongst that. And then the metrics also for Disney Plus are saying like, these two shows are amongst the most watched content that they have. Mm-hmm. And they've already... Well, I mean, Gravity Falls ended 10 years ago and they've burned every possible bridge with Alex Hirsch. But also, they killed Owl House before... Killed it early, basically. And I'm pretty sure Dana Torrance is not going to want to work with them after this fact. And so they're just like, well, new CEO comes in and goes, eh, that's girl shit, fuck it. We're going to do this other stuff. Mm. Even though it's still wildly popular... But because they're the big bad CEO, they know what's best, despite what their metrics are telling them and their bank accounts are telling them. Yeah. Yeah. It's literally the dumbest people possible running the show while the creatives are going, no, people really love this shit. What are you doing? And then they just throw it in the trash. Man, I really want more She-Ra. I so want oh. more She-Ra. She-Ra meant a lot to me before mm-hmm. I knew I was trans. <laughs> Yeah, that Shira was the the cartoon my little twelve year old self needed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was still pretty. Yeah, I knew by that. You know, so I was bi or something. But it was like it's so affirming and so, you know, between the gay dads and you know, I cry during the the series finale every time, and yeah. it's beautiful, like happy tears. That's kind of content, and it cycled around. It's like a lot of queer people I know have watched it. Are like that. That was a great queer story. 
And it was amazing. And having that kind of content for young people is invaluable. Because mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, like back in the day when I was first reading, you know, first getting into like more, it today it would have been YA, you know, young adult. And I was transitioning out of that into more like, I hesitate to use the word, but adult, yeah. more mature sci-fi and fantasy. You know, Mercedes Lackey, who's been problematic recently. Yeah. But, you know, they, she was one of the first people I read books of where queer, queer people were normal. Yes. Yeah, yeah, And, you know, whatever her faux pas is now, she helped, not just me, but a lot of young people where it's brought up. It's like, oh, yeah, that's the first time I read, you know, books where queer people were just there or they were the heroes and, you know, yeah. the emotions and falling in love was normal and not something weird and perverse, you know? I've talked about this a little bit before about my transition because I didn't I didn't know I was trans until I was 37. Uh, I came to it very late. When I was a kid, trans wasn't a thing. I grew up in the 80s and the 90s in Idaho and the concept of trans did not exist. It was kept from me by society. Yeah. I never I did not knowingly meet a trans person until my 20s, and I did not understand the concept of trans until my 30s. I was the sort of person that was, of course, I want to be a woman. I always played female characters. Of course, I picture myself as a woman uh, during sex, just like every cis guy, right? (laughs) The... Or it must be kinky or perverted or whatever. I didn't. And then I fell into a deep depression when I hit puberty for no apparent reason. Uh, Hated my body my entire life. But I I did not have the concepts in my own head to understand my own experience because that information was kept from me. And I will never, ever forgive this country for teaching me that the Nazis burned books and never told me what those books were. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've discussed that quite a few times on this show because it's just so fucked up. Because it's that one set of researchers and yeah, they the, just the, them. The Hirschfield Institute, uh, the foremost institute on trans research in the world at the time. Was it um, also LBGT, other research as well? Yes. Uh, they All kinds of human sexuality. All, yeah, all sexuality and gender was being researched basically for the first time mm-hmm. ever. Uh, they were starting to talk about trans. They were starting to talk about maybe homosexuality is okay. They hadn't defined them like we do today, but they were starting. Like they were on that track to get where we are today. Yeah. And burning that, it wasn't just library books. It was research notes. It was the the studies. It was the people. They burned it all. And yeah. it's set back LGBT rights 50 years globally. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And the real question is like, you know, you see the same fuckers trying to do that today. And it's like, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Yeah. Like, you can't just be like, this isn't just a one research facility in Germany. It's, it's global. There's gay people everywhere. And you can't just like hide that. You know, this tiny glimmer of hope in my brain is like, you know, this is a last gasp of these minoritarian old fuckers that are trying not to die that I wish a very speedy try to hurry up. But, you Mitch know, McConnell. 
than, <laughs> you know, the, the continually graying leadership of the Republican Party, you know, hurry up and pop a vein when you start yelling about the queers. But oh, some of the new young Republicans coming up are even yeah, they're fucking scary. They're scary freaks too. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. Is that like it isn't just oh the old people hate us and the young people don't because there's plenty of young yeah. fascists. Yeah. yeah, I have to wonder some of like the that fucker that was down in like Fair Park and such. I have to wonder how much of it is real and how much is it just sound bites for to put on the news to get on the uh, news. I, or I would I would say it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like being ironically racist. Like, like so you're still oh, racist. People outside you, it's just racism. In in the late 30s, early 40s, there were people that joined the Nazi Party for a, a variety of reasons, be it economic or to own the libs or whatever. You know what historians call those people? Nazis. Nazis. It doesn't matter why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you fervently believe it or not, if you're supporting the evil power structure, you're evil. And all the Jewish people and gay people that joined the Nazis, their their time came at well, one point, you and, know. And that's why I'm I'm really worried that moving to Seattle isn't far enough because there were people that moved to the liberal parts of Germany. They didn't move far enough. Yeah. Well, at least uh, Canada has refugee status if the u.s ever goes tits up for sexual minorities yeah i'm <sighs> the fact that that has to be done is real fucked up see and the the problem that you hit there though is that because of the united states reputation on the world stage any other country in the u.n is like we're opening to refugees from the queer community because america is genociding them that's not going to happen at like the UN level. If a country does that, it's going to cause major fucking issues. And honestly, I don't think the United States should have the level of prestige that it has among the other nations. Like, no. you know, maybe right after World War II, but like the idea that nowadays in 2022, we still have a permanent member of the Security Council and they're all the people that won the war. It's like, that okay great you won the war you're on the side of right in the 1940s i don't think that gives you a, a history long you know membership in the we are right society that yeah. makes policy for everybody else I'd, I'd get rid of the concept of a permanent member on the un security council be like no you have to be voted on and vetted by every other member of the un if you're going to be on the council that sets global policy. Yeah. Any other topics, Seth? <laughs> well, this has been a very dark yeah, sorry. while. I can't see because <laughs> the situation of recording my laptop is over there. But we have the backup just in case I didn't hit the, po the record button on there. Yay. Right. So we have the backup this time. So, yeah, like, there's... The United States sucks ass. Yeah, surprise. There's there's not a lot of good going on that we want to be like, yeah, you know, the fucking, fucking government, man. But there are, there's some cool Let's shit. talk about gaming. Let's talk about <laughs> I'm the absolute last person you would expect to say that. But I open our topics chat. So just uh, first of all, shout out to uh, Savern's friend and fellow uh, gaming track um, staff member, Kalis Mirage. Yeah. Heck he, yeah. Uh, he is the Project Justice EVO champion for this year. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, this is feels real weird. Fucking hard shifting topics like that. <laughs> um, but Just yeah, swerve. Sometimes over this. you got to do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, Kalos has been practicing very hard for this. Um, I've seen him practice a lot on his streams, and he was like, "I'm going to go to Evo," and he went straight through winner's side, top, you know, came top eight, got to grand finals, three would the guy, I think, and won the tournament just straight up he said he was gonna do it he went out there and beat like 65 other competitors to do it that's so cool so that's really cool i hope he uh, yeah. wears his medal to fiesta next time just to dude show that would off. be awesome just be like yeah you know we got we run our tournaments here by an evo champion hell yeah <laughs> um so for uh 2023 we'll just put that up make sure he has it on yeah so we can just like show it in people's faces <laughs> official staff photo yeah his his official staff photo is just the metal like we don't (laughs) (laughs) he just incorporates it into every all of his we we make the metal a fursona so it has little ears and a tail (laughs) the little uwu muzzle hey babe do you want the metal on or off during sex off please too bad (laughs) and it's just clanging the back of the other person's head the whole time (laughs) off the <laughs> takes it off and leaves the metal he <laughs> <laughs> takes it off puts it on their back and just so i can stare at it <laughs> like yeah they have to leave wear the the metal <laughs> yeah, I, I mean i i think it's very cool and i it was really cool it to is see, it's awesome know, someone i know someone i'm friend with to be like oh shit they actually went and did the thing that's so cool um and then let's talk about the other furry the who other did well furry. at evo he did really well across a bunch of games, really. Um, yeah, Sonic Fox. I was going to say, was it Sonic Fox? It was Sonic yeah, Fox. It's totally Sonic, Sonic Fox. Fox. <laughs> uh, we had some Fox on Fox violence this year. Yeah, they trained very, very hard. They worked their ass off. And they beat a few hundred other combatants and won their grand finals in a very spectacular fashion. We actually, post-recording uh, the previous episode, I'd pulled it up on my phone and was watching it. And folks like, let's pull it up on the TV because yeah. you have the Twitch app on your Apple TV. Yep. And so we watched it, and you were just like, I don't know what's going on, but Sonic Fox, yay! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I kind of started, like, I was trying to follow the commentary, and they were speaking so fast. Like, obviously, it's not a slow game. It's not golf. You know, like, shit is just flying all over the screen. Oh, and here's a new character, and oh, there's just suddenly there's lights and things exploding and the hit counters going up to 200 and i'm like yay for person yeah <laughs> yay sports ball but video games yes yay but video ball <laughs> they did really well there they won that you know they, they trained and they said they were going to focus on that and they beat several hundred competitors to do that they got fifth in mortal kombat 11 uh out of like another several hundred competitors mm-hmm. and fifth in mk11 was their lowest placement ever at evo for that and they game. lost to someone with the name foxy grandpa yeah so that's where the fox on fox violence comes from yeah there's a british player um <laughs> they came but in it was like... kind of cool with skull girls that um they played against uh their teammate yeah it was someone that like they, they were roommates and they'd like best friends and best, they'd like train together and stuff like that and, you know for all of tyran's comments of making jokes about best friend sonic fox does have a boyfriend okay and it's not yeah. that other dude is it little nas x because that'd be awesome no. okay because um, they're mute they're boots on twitter so i thought <laughs> that was cool <laughs> uh no but their boyfriend was with them at uh evo, evo. and they had like victory sushi they said 
they posted cute the cute gay photos of them. Aww. Yeah. Uh then they came in like twenty fourth on Guilty Gear Strive, which had like twenty five hundred competitors. And yeah. just a couple. So like yeah, Sonic Fox went out there and had themselves a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they won the game that they focused on. They came in super high everywhere else that they did. I think they just dropped out of uh dragon ball because they were like no nah, i'm gonna do this instead because mm-hmm. there was a mismatch on the timing like they had to do their mm-hmm. top mm-hmm. eight for mk instead of doing their pools for dragon ball and it's like all right well i'm gonna get fifth in here and fuck dragon ball fighters yeah the other thing i thought was really cool the in skull girls there's a sonic fox level where their fursona is in the background is um, there? yeah yes well. and so one of the the matches that they did was on the sonic fox level and it's like how big of a flex and home field <laughs> advantage psychological thing well, is that the thing is too they're supposed to be playing on the uh the evo stage and they're like no 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 we're going to do training stage, but the training stage has a number of characters that can appear in the background. Yeah. So they got in there with some other character. They they paused it, reset the match, and it reloaded until it cy- they cycled. It only happened until they re- reloaded once uh-huh. until they got Sonic Fox standing in the back holding a ruler, whacking against their palm. <laughs> and so that was the match where Sonic Fox just murdered their <laughs> training partner, 3-0, um, just to be like, we're just going to flex the fact that I'm in this video game <laughs> and have been for the past, like, five years. Yeah. I on mean... On stage in front of 50,000 people. Yeah. The Sonic or, Fox did great work. Great well, competitor. I'm all for furries, good furries doing good things. Yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, speaking of which, I'm, I'm actually going to go ahead and... Uh, it'll take me just a second to find the... Okay, well, I, I, there is a, a coyote meme that I had to sh- share here. It's an adorable picture of a coyote trotting along. And the captions, me on my little gay paws, going to do my gay little tasks. <laughs> so, uh, the other thing I wanted to discuss is that there is yet another library which may need our help. Because there's a library somewhere that, and I'm trying to find the article while I'm talking... That basically, like, 83% of their funding comes from this, like, one particular thing. And this is a very small town. And the community voted to stop that funding because the library would not remove their queer books. So, this community apparently decided, well, we're just going to decide we're just not going to have a library. Because rather than have a library with gay books so see the whole cut off your nose to spite your face comment again, again yeah so the gofundme is called fund patmos library for 2023 and that's p-a-t-m-o-s so far they've raised um almost fifty three thousand dollars out of a goal of two hundred and forty five thousand dollars from a thousand donor this is taking place in a town of jamestown michigan so i'm gonna paste the link into the southpaw's topic chat and then saverin can add it to the show notes yep and um you know we have i forget the name and place but i think it was in alabama we've previously helped save a library like, a lot of people helped, and a large majority of them were furries. And um, I think we should do it again if it doesn't put you in a financially difficult spot. 
even just throwing a buck or two at it if everybody chips in and helps out. But, you know, books and book access, especially in small communities or for poorer people, is hugely important. And, I mean, if you're queer and you're growing up in a small conservative town and they cut off access to anywhere that you can get books that might give you some comfort show you that there are other people in the world like you and that you're not alone like i feel that that's very important and that is something that we as a very queer fandom should support they're trying to do to other kids what they did to me yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely if you can't hear about it you can't know and into you know you just gotta go pacing through life with something is wrong and you can't say what it's not even seeing that other people are like you um which is bad it's bad but not even being able to contextualize your own existence mm-hmm. is the goal yep they want everybody to fit in their square little boxes yep so spread the word i tweeted it on the south podcast account and we're putting the <laughs> link in the show notes so yep so that the people listening can maybe give it a shot and throw a few bucks that way because it's fucking stupid that they can even do this yeah like that they can just yeah. be like nope oh, we're gonna we're not gonna take this pay this anymore and you're just fucked and then they realize that oh this is where we do our like voting and shit what are we gonna do now mm. whoops and like short term thinking if it comes to supporting our patreon or donating to the library donate to the library we'll be fine we're we're adults we have incomes we're good we're doing this because we enjoy doing this with each other but the small town really needs a library yeah we're, it, it, we're not in fact podcast billionaires actually sorry we've, we've... if if you were podcast billionaires i wouldn't be here because eat the rich oh <laughs> Really, you wouldn't pay $50,000 to be a guest? <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't pay $50,000 to be a guest, nor would I accept you to pay $50,000 for me to be a guest. Do you mean this check from the Bank of Uwu is going to bounce? <laughs> it's going to be sent to the library. <laughs> you know, as I said, do you know how much for Planet makes Fuzzwolf? Do you know how much the board president of Fiesta makes? Do you know how much the con chair of Fiesta makes? Oh, I had so many people while I was chair oh, uh, question my motivation because where did the money go? How much are you getting paid? Nothing. Nothing is the answer. Go away. You made enough to buy yourself a whole new gender. Don't act like you weren't raking it in. They're free. You just pick one up. That's right. Yeah. No, just pick it up off the street, brush the dust off. <laughs> You'd be like, ooh, this is nice. Someone wasn't using this. <laughs> you equip it into your gender slot and suddenly new you know, menus open up. Uh, was I, I put the bucket in the corner and then jumped on it enough until I glitched through the wall and got back to my character creation screen. <laughs> we were talking earlier about, and, and hi, Machio. Uh, I know you listen to the show now. Uh, hi Machio but, but we were talking about about her post self series and just being able to you know just adjust your digital avatar that was your whole upload and body however you wanted and just god it'd be great if we had that freedom in our meat sacks to just you know try on different things and yeah and there's I'm I'm a big fan of what's 
What? Siri was listening and Siri Siri's is like, confused. I don't understand why you want to be a robot. I'm a robot and cannot escape. I Every want hot swappable genitalia. I'm, I'm a big fan of corporeal freedom, which is the term I really liked for it, where the, the freedom to change your body however you like in any way, as long as it doesn't hurt another person. Just have fun. Yeah. Yeah. This and, is my meat sack. I want to do with it. You might look at someone and be like, I don't get that. I don't get someone that has tattoos all over their body or gauges their ears or something like that. But, you know, that's fine. It's their body. They can do that. You don't have to get it. It's not for you. It's okay if you don't get it. Just don't be a dick about it. So this is just one of those random anecdotes. Remember uh, the cat guy? I don't uh, remember their name. Yes. Um, but oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember where they his had name. Got, they had gotten the body modding and whatnot. Tiger or something. Yeah. I and you know rest in fucking peace. But yeah, the, he did pass, didn't he? Uh, yeah. Years ago. You know, people would be like, "Oh, they're so weird and stuff." I literally saw someone in the past week be like, "This is fucking goals for me." Yeah. Be right back. Yeah. You know, and, you know, because you have people that do the extensive body tattooing. Mm-hmm. I saw a just absolutely breathtaking trans woman. She had just done this, all this leopard spots from like her neck all the way down her sides, down one leg, and it was just like, damn. Yeah. 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 There's and, two that I can think of that way. Have you okay. seen some of Riley Black's tattoos? Yeah. You know, Riley is so cool. She really is. Yeah. So, like, and I'm so happy for her because, like, so she. She sort of made her writing and research reputation under her dead name. Yeah. And so has like like three or four books out under her dead name and is now ten. published ten. Holy ten. shit. Okay. <laughs> and it's now published, I think, two under under her current name. And like you know, just gets to keep all that cred and everything. Cause I was legit worried about that. Cause like a lot of like professional research shit like that is super dependent on your resume on your past papers your past oh, research yeah. and stuff yeah, like she's that extensively tattooed that's cool yep. riley also a paleontologist yeah that's cool shit. yeah but, yeah she riley, writes about dinosaurs awesome riley has become a, a great friend of mine recently we, really we've been oh, chatting cool. a lot she's we're really we're cool. on twitter but like i i don't talk to her directly very often yeah we, we started chatting because we both have bnc suits or we're both her busty suiters. So. Oh, okay, cool. Which one? I actually did not know she had a suit. Yeah, she. Uh, it's relatively new. Yeah, she's uh, Laylaps on Twitter. L a e l a p s. Which Ray- Riley is this? Riley. Riley Black. I haven't. Li- I missed the last name. Let me. Yeah, she's a paleontologist. She's written. A, the, I guess now it was dozen it the books. last day of the dinosaurs. Yes, the last days yeah. of the dinosaurs just came out like a couple weeks ago. I think yeah. it's getting like rave reviews. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Verified furry who has a very corpse-inspired looking... Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, like something I really respect about her is that like she has all these like research people and industry people following her. Her icon is just fucking balls out furry. <laughs> you know, so to speak. It's just... She is not hiding the whole, yeah, I'm a furry. <laughs> yeah. At all. <laughs> yeah, she's great. Great people. I love her to death. Except on security. And then, of course, you know... Runa, Dio, for Planet, Musketeers. Like, oh, I, know. I mean, this is the followers you know. So yes, I know these people, but still, it's like, oh, okay. I've I hadn't heard of their account, but like I had heard of their books. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So that's cool. Um, yeah, that's a neat little intersection. Yeah, and she's not the only furry paleontologist. Ever. No, she's not. Yeah. Um, there's also a couple furry archaeologists. Oh, that's cool. 
See, furries are everywhere. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it really amazes me. Like, I know all of that, us are in tech. I know that on a conceptual level that <laughs> furries are everywhere, but like, it's still a pleasant surprise <clears throat> to be like, a furry archaeologist? Oh, wow, that's so cool. Yeah. There is, um, I know there's, there's, uh, at one point, there were, the continent of Antarctica had a population of two furries. There's one there right now. There's still one there yeah. now? Cool. <laughs> Yeah. I know them. <laughs> Small world, I guess. But yeah, there's there's also a photo online of like fursuits standing next to the McMurdo Station sign in yeah. Antarctica. It's like, yeah, we're on all the continents. <laughs> Everywhere. Even the one that has like, what, 15,000 people max, I think, at the, the high point. Speaking of writing, though, if you want to talk about it, you, oh, you yeah. certainly, I would say, picked up the pen, but not quite, you know, yeah. typed up, picked up the keyboard, mm-hmm. used your big hooves, and... <laughs> so, I, I needed an outlet, because, I mean, 2020 has been a difficult year, and I keep waiting for it to be over. Yeah. But I, I recently started writing, um, and... It's just been an outlet for me. I got enamored with a, a setting called The Core, K-O-R-P-S. Um, it is a superhero, supervillain setting originally created by Karen at Core Propaganda. The setting is one of those where the supervillains in universe are very queer coded, the trans, LGBT, uh, they're uh, anti-capitalist, anti-fascist. Uh, the, and of course, they're the good guys from the perspective of the story fighting against corrupt power structures uh, using you know, superheroes as a lens. It's very queer and very empowering. One of the big concepts is the use of hypnosis to as self-empowerment so and self-actualization and embracing yourself. So there's a bunch of body modification. There's a bunch of, you know, trying to embrace yourself and be who you are and say, no, we're not going to go quietly. We're not going to uh, submit meekly to a power structure that's killing everyone. Mm-hmm. My story is called Crystallization. It starts with a young core agent trying to flee from a bunch of heroes and trying to figure out why they're after her. And then she gets cornered in uh, a warehouse and the the hero that corners her says, you're free to go and lets her go. And why that happens and why they were chasing her and the, the consequences of the choices made by these two characters are the thrust of my story. I started writing about three weeks ago. I'm just about to hit 40,000 words and I expect um, the completed work to be 50 to 60 uh, for this first story arc. And, and you've posted about it to your Twitter, so you can, yeah. you can read the first couple chapters. Yeah, I've posted, I'm posting a chapter every Monday on my Twitter. Uh, the first two are up. Uh, there are also, there's a core, uh, in a core extended universe fiction archive that has the links there as well. But if you go to my Twitter, which is just Runa Fjord, uh, R-U-N-A-F-J-O-R-D, you'll be able to see the links there. Uh, every Monday about 5 p.m. Central is when it goes up. And I've got 14 chapters written and two posted, so it's going to be going for a while. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Prolific. Right. 
it's a good way to do it though is to create a backlog well so my life is so full i keep running out of spoons and i've discovered that writing helps me recharge when i am just done and i can't do anymore and i can't handle anymore i can retreat to the page and just start typing let me mentally slip into this alternate world and 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 pour my frustrations out onto the page exactly yeah Um, and i i have a lot of fun creating characters i have a lot of fun with our dialogue my my series there's a bunch of action there's a bunch of talking there's a bunch of self-discovery there's a bunch of trying to understand you know concepts in each other and and i i try to run the gamut so that it's not just you know if you read the first chapter and it's all action that's not the entire series mm. there's a lot of, of like discussion world building, and, world building and uh it ties in with a bunch of other authors there's a, oh, there are hundreds of people that have written core work out there in some capacity or another and there's just i'm honored that i'm able to play a little bit in this little world yeah it's always really cool whenever like you get a bunch of people with the same kind of idea building up their own meta universe because like core core is you know a thing but then like you know you look at something like the scp foundation yeah and other such like shared world just shared worlds i mean like there's like in Furry Tales of the Taipan, there's a, yeah, there's a shared exactly. <laughs> or I'd be like, oh, Fallout Equestria, but ugh. yeah. Mm. Well, and New Tibet, the New Tibet New series Tibet, was yeah. so cool. Oh yeah, New Tibet. Um, well, and Core is very furry and and very diverse, and like there's just there's, I love little shared worlds like this, mm-hmm. uh, and I I've been welcomed in by several of the writers, and now our characters are starting to interweave either in, in you know, just references or even full cameos or scenes. So being able to to play with each other's toys has been very nice. I, I got to borrow the to- one of the the heroes that another author had created, uh, Captain Alamo, and punch him a lot. <laughs> <laughs> did, did he remember anything after that? Uh, I... <laughs> I'm not going to reveal his final fate, but no. <laughs> Did he remember his last name? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've been having fun trying to write two very different characters. One is stolid, steady, you know, heavy. The sort of like the thing or Hulk of of the team, oh, okay. uh, and the other is just a a disaster queer. She is <laughs> bright and sparky and just just a disaster. <laughs> But and, and I've been trying to to do little things. I'm I'm a brand new writer. Like I I have not written before, but I've been trying to challenge myself by you know based on the POV of who is in the this chapter, the narration changes a little bit. <laughs> right. Yeah. When when the rabbit character Starshade is is the POV, like the narration will call her out. Like at one point she protests, "I'm not a bunny." The bunny said, "Like little things like that." Just uh, <laughs> the narrator calling her out on her bullshit. I thought you just typed the whole thing in a combination of superscript and subscript, so the words are bouncing. <laughs> I'm not a bunny," said the bunny. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's fun. Yeah, I mean, we have to have our positive outlets in this yeah. nightmare hellscape. So you know, yeah, be it supporting our furry friends and their fighting game tournaments or yeah writing fiction or sharing sharing your toys when it comes to writing or games 
there's just so much creativity out there and mm-hmm. i'm a big fan of when people create and and live and you know the artists and the writers and the musicians and the game players and the archaeologists and the those people out there they're living their life and making it better are worth protecting and that's what furry is for the most part yeah, I definitely love the creativity of the big fandom. titty fursuiters. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm tied into like a lot of the dealer stuff, and just hearing their, their some of them bridge out and try to find a home in like other mm-hmm. anime, and and it's like you know, it's just like anime. It's a lot more like publicly made merchandise. They don't want to commission you to do their homegrown character. Most of them don't have homegrown. Characters. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've. It's all very mainstream, you know. No, I think because furry has such a broad base to pull from, it's got a lot more freedom. It's also furry is self-contained. Uh, anime, there is official anime, mm-hmm. and that is not made by fans of anime. The people that are running the big anime companies mm-hmm. or making these things are not necessarily themselves anime. Maybe the the artists and the like artists and the directors but above them their their organizational structure is not based on that it's mm-hmm. about people wanting to make money same with the people that run the conventions <laughs> by and large they're not fans of anime they're people looking to make money off of fans of anime same um, with the comic cons I mean. same with the comic cons mm-hmm. where where these are external properties they're made by things outside of the the fandom where there is no such thing of that in furry so we're able to take our own little thing and run and build each other up as opposed to having you know some big monolithic entity saying no that's not this fandom or just trying to pull money out of you Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah you're a piggy bank that they want to smash exactly yeah. yeah and sometimes we do play around with um characters from a mainstream company Zootopia. but sure but for furries it's like nah nick and judy quit the police force and they're a cab now so. and they fuck a lot and they fuck a lot and then of course we take anthro stoner weed cat girlfriend into being from the little sprigatito uh-huh. <laughs> kind of our own interpretations of their their quote-unquote canon selves and they're like, no, our version is, you know, she's a stoner cat girl who's into crystals, which given the <laughs> announcements about Pokemon Scarlet Violet, like their mega mode is like, they look like a Swarovski crystal doll thing. Oh, it's very okay. silly looking. Mm. Um, like Eevee gets this giant diamond hat and someone drew the an image of what happens when the Eevee does that it just falls over. <laughs> <laughs> um so did weed cat is she on two feet or four in the evolution they haven't shown the evolution oh that one so yet. it's just the same weed cat but with like a big crystal thing yeah well they didn't show that one okay but they will eventually i'm sure you know hopefully it will be like the comic said that base is the quadruped one the mid one is bipedal and the final one's a tar <laughs> just to make everybody happy yes and or yes. mad i mean weed cat tar <laughs> What about Shiva? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not green. That's fair. <laughs> green Look, I, I green saw a joke green. and I had to go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Man, the... <laughs> but yeah, the... Uh, but also, when it comes to, like, even games, you know, furries are doing their own thing. You know, I was mentioning earlier, Kaze Cat's doing 
their Mugen fighting game. It's all like big busty furries and fat furs and stuff like that. And then you've got like Serbillion working on Breeze in the Clouds, which is just, you know, it's a little mascot platformer game with a cute little corgi as the main character. Mm-hmm. You've got furries out there making like real ass furry shit in their games. You know, we're just out there doing our own thing. Uh, and it's not based on anyone else's stuff. It's just our own. Yeah. I like it. It's kind of like how uh, in Skullgirls, because I mentioned we were looking at, you know, they were playing on a variety of stages toward mm. before they got to the end there. Yeah. And how I, you could point out, like, oh, yeah, that's someone's persona in the background there. Because it was a kickstarted game, Saverin explained to me. Like so it was like years ago. It's a lot of furries wild. just backed at the level where, oh, we'll put your character into the background. Well, I mean, furries are the only ones that had characters to put into the background, so... I mean... <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I'm just gonna put some dude in a suit. You know, there's a million of those. <laughs> there, there's a, a chicken and egg thing here. <laughs> of course furries are the ones that backed it for those. Yes, but they created those slots knowing that furries would fill them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like, the Delver's Guide to Beast World is doing a furry 5th edition book. Yeah, and they, yeah, yeah. they had in their Kickstarter for like the DM screen, they did a YCH, <laughs> where you could buy a YCH slot for your persona to be on the DM screen art. Mm-hmm. Oh, neat! I did not back it for that I tier. I thought about it. I just backed it the hundred dollar tier, so I get like the physical book and the other stuff. <laughs> well, the problem is, I had so much going on that I saw, thought about it, and then forgot, and then I didn't back it at all. <laughs> Well, I've, I've backed a couple things. Like, I got Coyote and Crow. I got the physical book for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Backed Valda's Spire of Secrets. Mm-hmm. Haven't got that one yet. Backed uh, Delver's Guide. Haven't got that one yet, but it's not out yet. So right. It's just sort of like, you throw the money into the void, and it's like, come on. Come on, give me that furry shit. Come on. I, I was very happy that uh, one that I backed recently actually completed, which was Return to Dark Tower board game. Oh, yeah. I I still need to finish. We tried... It takes so long compared to the original game. Yeah. Which, that's... I mean, it's great, but it's also... It's hard to do just a quick, hey, let's play this. You can't just do it quick. It's a sitting down, we're going to dedicate two or so hours to actually playing. I I was honestly extremely surprised. I went by uh, Boardwalk Games here recently with Ajax. And they re-released the dungeon board game that D and D had. Th- that's the game that got me into Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Well, I remember when I was a kid, I had a <laughs> dragon box. sold separately. Well, <laughs> I-, I can go into the story. <laughs> but I had a copy of that game as a kid that had some of the miniatures. And yeah. I had some of the cards, but it was incomplete. I got it like goodwill or something and so i never knew how to play but it just had monster cards and there's miniatures and there's dice and i don't know what it means but it looks cool as shit look at this here's a fucking beholder on this card it has a nine what does that mean look at all these husbands on these cards the monster manual more like the boyfriend catalog right (laughs) for me what happened was my brother is nine years older and he had gotten a copy of dungeon and a copy of Dungeons & Dragons. He, he never really played. It was the original box, Dungeons & Dragons. Mm-hmm. Uh, may have played it once and then forgot about it. Never like It was not his thing. Um, but I, of course, was following along and had this dungeon board game. But we could never find the rules. So we didn't <laughs> know how to play. Uh, and then finally, and the board was just um, big. The board was so big, intricate. and so many like, and my my copy was complete except for the rules. Uh, and then, so we never knew how to play, and the internet wasn't a thing at the time. Um, 
But then we, we, I was looking around and looked in this box that said Dungeons and Dragons and holy shit, here are the rules for Dungeon. I can finally play this. And I was all super excited. I had never heard of Dungeons and Dragons. I didn't know what it was. All I knew was that I finally had the rules for Dungeon. And then my, my friend who I invite over, let's we're finally play Dungeon. Um, oh, where'd you find it? In this copy of Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons, we've got to play that. What? What is it? <laughs> So he got me into Dungeons and Dragons because I had it, and that's because I found the rules for Dungeon. Uh, and my mom had just, oh, Dungeon, that goes in the Dungeon Dragons box. Oh. <laughs> I mean. That's funny. To be fair, if you don't know anything about it. Oh, yeah. And they're basically, yeah. <coughs> I mean, back in the day, Dungeon was a magazine. Yep. Yep. And then yep. Dragon was also a magazine. Correct. Um, I think Tyrion has a bunch of those. I've got a bunch of dragons. Room. I've only got a couple dungeons. The, the difference was like dragon was for um, the players and the enthusiasts. And players and enthusiasts, but it was also for the GMs. But it was like the classes and for for like player focused things. And then dungeons were like more maps and adventure seeds and like they they had very different focuses. They mm. and they were published by the same company. Gotcha. So it was not just two comedic products. It was just that these this was, you know, D D product in magazine form and each was focused or different at a portion of the fandom yeah and of course my introduction to that was i've played exactly one game of dungeons yeah. and dragons in my life i was nine i went home told my mom what she was doing this was right in the middle of the satanic panic in the 1980s and um she was very distressed about it because she'd seen it on nightline or something like that and because uh, it's evil and satanic. and i never played dungeons and dragons again <laughs> you know you know somebody who might play <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like I don't know if like I just haven't had an interest in role playing it, games. It's like and... it's like a furry yif RPG, but you don't have to do all the hard work. <laughs> and there, there might not even be yif. <laughs> might see, I, I tried doing ro- the actual role play, and I find that no, my interest is really just in world building. Oh yeah, that's fair. <laughs> mm. Well, there's there's so much fun in world building too. I can't play D and D. I'm too busy binging Sandman with Ajax. <laughs> Yeah, that's on the to-do. Yeah. We've, we finished. Uh, so the series covers volumes one and two of the graphic novels. And it's ten episodes. So we just finished episode five last night, I think it was. So we finished volume one. And that seemed and it was already midnight. And that seemed like a good point to stop. And then sometime this week, we'll, uh, we'll watch the last five episodes. But it's a good show. You should check it out. Or pirate it, depending on your feelings about having a Netflix account. No, well, we've got a Netflix account. So I, I walked in here earlier because we were going to go to Sam's, and I see Sam. What's like? What are you watching? Sam. He pauses it. It's Sandman. He's several episodes in. It's like, welp. <laughs> oh, Ajax got lucky. He walked by. It was like, is that Sandman? I was like, yeah. I just started it like ten minutes ago. I don't mind rewinding if you want to watch it. So well, like we ended up doing it together. Runa was over here yesterday for my birthday, and we ended up binging, what, five episodes of Our Flag Means Death? I only saw uh, four. four. You may have played another yeah, one. Yeah, we watched... Left. So, basically, me and Sarah had been watching it while Noxie's over at her boyfriend's, because right. we've got this thing where, you know, from winding down for bed, we'll watch an episode or two of something. And it had been, like, all of Star Trek, and then we watched Orville, um, and we basically have been going through series. Right now... Me and Oxy have done iZombie, 
And then we were about five and a half seasons through Teen Wolf because it's <laughs> it's stupid, but it's funny. Is he no longer a teen by the end of it? That's oh no, he so is long. very much not a teen by the end of it. Okay. <laughs> he he is uh yes. <laughs> oh. I feel bad about feeling that attracted to someone that young, but I mean yeah. Um, do you remember Maze? I, I showed you the Maze Runner series. Yeah, yeah, it's got the kid that that played the like the main lead in that is one of the main characters in Teen Wolf. Oh, okay. I fell in love with him with in the Teen Wolf series. Just great character, great actor, and that's what led me to Maze Runner. Oh, okay. Um, and he's also in Love and Monsters. I think it's Love and Monsters, something like that. But I first met him in Teen Wolf, and the series gets hokey. But I pretty much just keep watching him because I love his character and mm-hmm. the way he acts, you know. Yeah. I like it when actors are like that you like and something will pop up again. It's like, for example, uh, the actress who played Clara in Doctor Who, Jenna Coleman, is playing Joanne Constantine in Sandman. Mm. But um, Our Flag Means Death Yes. Uh, was just... But we had been watching that and then, well trying to wait for her to get caught up well we took care of that yesterday yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we but, watched the one last episode after you left and then suddenly noxie's caught up with us and we can all just nice because we just ran out of orville i, I, I just didn't, finished its uh, last season i didn't well, care Kurt. for orville um <gasps> i i love lower decks going oh, back lower to the star trek so lower decks is my second favorite it comes star back trek. this month like in a week or oh, oh does I can't, it yeah yes. oh yes. i can't wait okay i know what we're gonna be watching because we want to we watched like the first couple of seasons of lower decks before we took sarah from tng all the way through we haven't done the original series and we haven't done the movies but we have taken him all the way we're current on discovery we're working on strange new worlds. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little behind there. But he's he now had he didn't have context. Yeah, the first yeah. time. Now he'll have context. So I'm. We well, need to. You've got to show him the animated series, or he won't have context for half of it. Yeah. What? <laughs> Uh, yeah. I love that they used a screen cap from the animated series on a tricorder screen when yeah. they were mm-hmm. viewing the mission log or whatever from that. I, I love Lower Decks so much. I never thought, because DS9 is my favorite. Yeah. I n- never thought anything would unseat TNG as second until Lower Decks came along. That's and Lower Decks gets better the more of the other shows and movies Correct. Watch. Yeah. That's why I'm saying we have to take a lap through it again now that we mm-hmm. all, well, one... We all have it fresh in our brains, and two, yeah. Sarah even understands half the references that are going on. Yes, yeah. so and apparently some of the references are so deep cuts they're from the pocket novels. Yes, the 90s. yeah. There's a couple of those. Uh, Starbase seventy nine, St- Starbase eighty. Oh! <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> and like, I laughed. Just because of the delivery of the right. off-screen character. And that's what I love about Lower Decks, is yeah, you, you don't have to have these references. But if you text. understand the references, it's even more hee hee It's layered. Yeah. Like, there, there are people that can really enjoy Lower Decks that have never seen any Trek, but the more Trek you've seen, the more the depths yeah, there yes. are to plumb. The, the jokes that have come through, if you've never asked how they come back. Yeah. After doing that <laughs> and then watching this, like, end up seeing people, you know, for some reason come back or whatever. It's like you don't ask them how they come back. <laughs> well, and the, the uh, citation ops. <laughs> He's drying out. Pour some water on him. <laughs> Would and you like to take off your shirt and some of those 
<laughs> and you know it seems like such a silly reference but we're watching tng and they're like at one point they have someone on the ship and data just or not data jordy is like hey have you seen the dolphins and they drag the person off <laughs> Mm-hmm. But then, like, and Cetacean Ops has always been on the, uh, the official blueprints of correct. the Enterprise D. And well, and they make a, a reference to the rubber duck room, <laughs> which is another thing that was on the official. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I didn't know if, about that. On one. the original blueprints, there was a, like a, they just drew a little rubber duck on it <laughs> in one of the rooms. So th- there's a reference to that, like things like that, deep cut to auxiliary yeah. material. Like, hey, if you bought this blueprint set from a creation gone in 1995, you'll totally get this joke. <laughs> <Right. joke. laughs> I mean, even references like, I mean, we've only, I've only seen those two episodes that we watched together, fellas. Mm-hmm. And like the statue from, um, oh, the uh, from Risa, from Risa, yes, also yes. Oregon. Like, yeah. Did you yeah. when we get so in? Last Christmas, because we had gone through like all of that, Noxie got one of her guildies to print a Horgon, and uh, it was bright red when it got here. She <laughs> sat there with paint and painted it to look like wood. It looks really fucking good. I gave it to Sarah for Christmas. That's so good. <laughs> nice. Oh, it was. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's Well, then, hilarious. of course, there's also, like, the Ferengi who's doing that human thing. Right. Like, yeah. He's, he's doing the thing with his hands. <laughs> How could you not know that's a Ferengi? Well, I, I love that the main character, Mariner, is canonically pan. Yes. Like, she talks about dating. They're clearly setting up a, a lesbian romance with her at the end of season two. Yes. Like, I, I, I love the but diversity of Jane? Adventure. Uh, is it a- Jennifer? Jennifer, yeah. Jennifer. It was like this random line they put in, where it's like stupid Jennifer, and then she became a character. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was it. Was an ad lib in an animated show that created an entire character that is now moving into a romance. Because there, there was a, a line at the very beginning of season two uh, where the I forget the the actor's name who plays Mariner just had to to. Imp- run a, a scene several times and threw in there move jennifer and the director loved it and said okay keep that line figure something out to the animators and the animators went hey i know i know we have this background andorian and i know the director the, the producer really likes this character because she has the same haircut as his well, wife or someone oh. so put that in there uh and then the so director saw it Jennifer. And, oh shit jennifer this is hilarious with uh, the character i like and then they started <laughs> running with it and <laughs> oh that's great but yeah i need to completely rewatch that series i want to do anyway so like this is not a trial or tribulation by any point in time it's yeah. just like, that's a show I could have running in the background oh, while I work, so just good. because it's so fucking funny. I can't, because I keep getting distracted watching it. Like, I can't, I yeah. can't have it in the background. There's so many visual noise. gags, yeah. <laughs> and it's so engaging that if I have it on in the background, I'll just, I'll just start watching it. <laughs> the fact that season two ended on a cliffhanger, I was oh. just like, oh my god. And I won't get to any spoilers, but it's so good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I... I I will say this about the Orville. They have ended each season cleanly, so if they didn't come back, you know, it's a it's not like some shows where it's yeah. like cliffhanger and then they get cancelled and then you're left like, I don't know, with like 
episode of Blue Balls or well, something. And the, the good thing about Lower Decks is that they had been renewed before they did the final episode. So they knew yeah. they were yeah. coming back for season I three. I am not when they did. surprised that they got um, renewed. And they've, I think they've already been renewed for season four already. I wouldn't be surprised. So they keep it running a few years. All, all I know is like if I was someone who was going to get my stuff transitioned into a show, I would write into my contract must do wrap up. Like if even if you cancel it, we have to wrap up whatever it is. That there will be no, you know, uh-huh. tease. And- so like this last season of the Orville, like almost every episode is tying up any loose ends. From the first two seasons like they bring back characters that they just kind of left there on x planet doing thing and they like they tie off those ends and it was very trek in some of the moral quandaries that they had too mm-hmm. yeah and also frankly seth hasn't had the best record with trans in the past and he's gotten yeah. better this last season had a lot of good commentary about mm-hmm. what yeah. gender means and who has the right to say anything about it. Um, I mean, they were very well handled. Yeah. Very, very well handled. It's a really good show. Uh, I encourage people to watch it. And so to, to wrap up this episode, watch Lower Decks, watch the Orville, donate to a library. Don't Fuck the government. Republican. Read my story. <laughs> read, yeah, said, read Runa's read, story. Runa's stories, yes. Uh, she's, <laughs> she's got a lot in the tank. I mean, if she's got two chapters out and 14 already done, you know, that's a lot I of mean, reading, you know. And then, to be continued for this episode. <laughs> we need a big cliffhanger. <laughs> the not cast cliffhanger. Executive producer, Seth McCarl. Oh, no. <laughs> What's that coming in the door? It's... Planet.com. Buy some books. <laughs> right, yeah, I guess I should have added that. I'm horrible at self-promotion. No, I just... That's okay, we horror ourselves for you. Thank I mean, you. I after Alex it. Jones dislocated his throat on the episode last week, you know, we have to... Uh, there there yeah. were some issues with the workman's comp for guests, so we need to self-promote to make sure that we can fully That's dislocate his throat next not, time. We it's not workman's comp if it's for pleasure. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Bonuses for everybody. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up because yeah, we're, it's almost nine o'clock and we've been doing this for a while. I don't even know how long the base recording is gonna be, but that's okay. I edit this in post. Severin is gonna edit this, so no matter where you are or when you're listening, it'll be nine o'clock when he says that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I aim to be temporally uh, accurate in all my things. I mean, to be fair. Whatever you listen to, it will be, you know, 9 o'clock somewhere. It might be in the middle of the ocean at that point in time, but it's guaranteed. Yeah. Somewhere. They're they're really good at editing. It might be at that one Airbnb that's on an abandoned, like, outlook post in the middle of the Atlantic. Right. Yeah, you know. And he didn't specify either AM or PM, or did you? Exactly. So, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast. You can also donate to that library. You should probably do that instead, really. Um, you can find us in the fan chat. We have our Telegram fan chat. It's 195 people right now. We got conversations, books, Lots porn, of porn. Lots of good porn. You just put some, uh, you put a centaur thing of you, of your character, I guess, a centaur variant mm-hmm. of Shiva. And uh, so there's that. And, uh, yeah, you can also buy some books for Planet.com. I also put in a picture of Shiva reading a very spicy book. So, yes. you know, she, you know, buying books. 
Yay! Dicks out for... <laughs> for books. For books. <laughs> I mean, that's the situation in the illustration that Shiva posted, so there's that. I mean, um, what are books made out of? Wood. Yay! <laughs> so for Planet.com, buy yourself some books. Um, so uh, on that note, good night. And buy books. Oh. Good night. That's Take right, care. Yes.